Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to a very special Nerd Alert. Not very special like someone's going to get locked in a fridge or molested by the guy downstairs, but very special in that we don't do this very often. Uh, today, we're going to go through the nominations for the, what is it, 95th Academy Awards? Um... To do that, I had to call in an expert. I had to bring in a person who was even more of a film snob, and I mean that as a compliment, than I am. So please welcome our resident hall monitor who hasn't been on this show in way too long. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who can school me about movies, it's Travis. Hello, people of podcasting worlds. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't new to new alert, nerd alert, and by that I mean you've only been listening since we've been nerd alert, you might not know Travis. But Travis has been here for a long time. He's been here since we were taught nerd to me show back in the day. Uh, Travis is an old hat at this, and he's the kind of guy who makes it a point to see every movie on the nomination list. And he's the kind of guy who will have that artsy film you've never heard of, like number three on his top ten of movies of the year, because he's that kind of guy. It might be number one this year. Unlike, I'm just a schlob who loves whatever the big action movie is that year. But Travis has actual artistic taste, which is why we had to call him in uh, to help balance this out. So we're well, just going to go... In my defense, I think I have a good balance because I like the big spectacle populist blockbusters. Yes. Avatar, Top Gun, Doctor Strange. And then I like the tiny little indie movies that 17 people have heard of. You know? <laughs> I, I like I like the variety, you know? Exactly. It's, it's just movies, you know? It's just, that's why I love movies. You that's can, why me and Travis are friends. Yeah, you can just dive in anywhere and just get a story about anything. So, we're just going to start at the top. Actually, we're going to start at the bottom, depending how they... No, these are all over. So, we're just going to... So, we are on the official uh, Oscars.com website, and we are going to just go through the nominations and give our take on it. Um... So we're going to start with, because this is what they have listed, we have actor in a leading role. The nominees are uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirnan, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy for Living. Um, so first up, Travis. Well, I'm, I'm three for five on this one. Okay. I, I have not seen After Sun or Living. Um but I I'm, will now. now I'll do you one better. <laughs> I've never heard of those movies until right now. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'd, I'd heard of them, and I'd, I'd seen the trailer for Living, um, and it looked really good, and I, I, I love Bill Nighy, so that was already kind of on my radar. But After Sun, I haven't seen a trailer. I'd heard of, spoken of in, like, awards, uh, or not awards, but, like, the film festival. Okay, circuit. the festival circuit. Yeah, but um, Brennan Fraser is, I think he's the... I don't know if he's a shoe in because I think he's the Austin, odds on favorite. Yeah, Austin he, Butler yeah. could come in there as Elvis. Um, he's won a few awards, but yeah, Brendan Fraser has the most momentum coming in, and he he deserves it because that movie is it's soul crushing. Yeah, can we talk about because you're the only person who would talk the whale with me mm -hmm. because like the other the other guys on the show they haven't seen it they're not going to see it but mm -hmm. I made it a point to go see it just because number one it's the comeback of Brendan Fraser and we've all been waiting for that number two I heard the movie is fantastic so I went to go see it a couple weeks ago and holy shit yeah it's, just it's powerful wow um, uh, yeah he gives a career defining performance uh, I don't know if he's going to top it after this I don't think he needs two actors. I think this is every once in a while you get this where like an actor who was like you know well thought of, but he's been out of the limelight for a while, and then they have like like I I, I kind of go back to like John Travolta with Pulp Fiction, where mm -hmm. like 
the world never like turned against him, but just like he kind of faded into yeah. the way actors do. Like yeah, his career just, just kind of sunset. Things kind of dried up for him. And then he, he had that moment where he um, he accused the the guy who's uh, the lead of the Hollywood Foreign Press, the, the, the people that do the Golden yeah. Globes. Apparently, he sexually assaulted him somehow. You're talking to Brendan Fraser. Yes. I thought you were talking John Travolta, and I was <coughs> oh, like, sorry, what? Sorry. Okay, no, yes. Yes, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, swinging back to Brendan Fraser. Well, I want to talk about that for a second, too. But, uh, no, like, but because, again, Travolta, like, his career had kind of dipped, and then all of a sudden, Pulp Fiction, he's like, oh, hey. And, like, there was just this, this groundswell of, Travolta, we loved him, we missed him, come on back. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what Brendan Fraser's going, getting right now, is there's this, this, no one has a bad thing to say about him. Everyone's just like, oh, we love him, and mm-hmm. we want to see him do well, so. And on, on this whole thing, he's been endearing himself yes. to everyone. He's super charming, he seems like the sweetest guy. I just listened to his interview on Mark Marin mm-hmm. on the WTF podcast the other day, and I just want to hang out with this guy. Did just... you listen to the him and Adam Sandler's interview? No, but I want to. That, it is so... Table. You know what's at the top of my bootleg list now, because I, I thought I owned a copy, and I do not, and mm-hmm. there's a sudden gaping hole in my heart where Airheads should be. You can get a DVD of it, but you know, I'd much I'm rather... Not... Much I'll, rather just have a Blu-ray. I would too, but if Blu-ray or a DVD is all I'm getting, I'll take it. But I'm not going to pay the prices they want for it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, Brendan Fraser is definitely the odds-on favorite, and deservedly so. Uh, he's he's swept up a lot of the other uh, awards. The big kind of I wouldn't call it a snub, but like the big kind of the Golden Globes. He was nominated, Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. but he did not win. It went to Austin Butler for Elvis and. What you were talking about earlier, the, his history with the organization, the the foreign press right, yeah. that does the Golden Globes, I think yeah, he kind of called them out on their hypocrisy. He said that he won't be attending. Yeah. So I think that was a lock that he was not going to win. The yeah. Golden they, Globe. they they couldn't ignore him and had to nominate him, but I don't think he was ever. Same with Tom Cruise, like mm-hmm. they they couldn't ignore Maverick. They had to nominate it, but he was never because they knew he wasn't going to be there because mm-hmm. he to Tom Cruise flat out returned his previous yeah, Golden Globes a couple years. Yeah, back. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. We knew that wasn't going to happen, but I think everything since then, Fraser has basically cleaned house. So, like, mm-hmm. he's definitely the odds-on favorite to win the role. He's he's kind of the front runner um, of the performances on this list besides him that I've seen. Austin Butler, and I'm going to say this probably a lot. I didn't really care for Elvis. It was visually interesting, uh, but it felt I felt like I needed a nap after the movie because like it just does not stop. Oh, it is like, like it's it, that, it's, a, it's a Baz Luhrmann film, which is from the moment that that camera starts rolling it is just this kinetic energy even for him though i feel like it was boz lerman on cocaine mm-hmm. the entire time yeah. uh and and again austin butler does a great job but i felt like he he does he doesn't really and it's not any fault of him as an actor but the movie doesn't ask that much of him as an actor it's basically do a good elvis impersonation mm-hmm. i can't think of any scene where i felt like wow he's really acting his ass off or oh wow that was a very powerful scene it's just like He's he he's doing an Elvis impersonation. Yep, he I, he sure does sound like Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't as distracting as is whatever the hell Tom Hanks was doing, which yeah. I know is Tom what Boz Lerman wanted him to do. Because <laughs> yeah, that's not at all what Colonel Tom Parker sounds like. And mm-hmm. you can go listen to what Colonel Tom Parker actually sounds like, and you're just like, what the hell's this? Uh, but I th- didn't didn't way off topic. Didn't didn't Tom Hanks get a Razzie? nomination for i, I believe so yeah but, but uh, screw the razzies they're just mean-spirited they don't need to exist i just i do love I'm the people them. who actually show up to accept their razzie in person well, like halle berry, halle berry for catwoman sandra bullock yeah, yeah her whole speech for catwoman's hilarious mm-hmm. um 
I have not yet seen, and, and Travis might hit me for this, I have not yet seen Banshees of Inishirinan. It's the top of my list. Uh, I just I'm haven't got to it. Fist. I know, I know. I haven't got to it. But I, I love Colin Farrell, and he's he's been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, he's been doing awesome. with He's getting all kinds of cool roles. Yeah, he, it, 2022 was amazing for Colin Farrell and, and very versatile. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he goes from the Penguin to this really understated, subtle role in Banshees of Inishirinan. Um, I haven't seen after Yang, but apparently he's really good in that. Uh, but yeah, he's just—I I, just—I love that he got his act together. Yeah, he, he easily could have been one of those Hollywood stories, you know, getting into drugs and alcohol. But it's, it seems like he's cleaned himself up and he's just putting his head down and doing the work, and and we're, we're seeing the results of that. I'm still talking to people who have watched the Batman and still didn't realize that was. Colin Farrell. I, I talked that, to yeah. I talked to a, a buddy of mine from college, and he's like, "So I watched the Batman. Uh, was, I liked it and all that, but I'm I'm, I'm sitting through the credits, and all of a sudden Colin Farrell's name pops up. I'm like, where the <laughs> hell was Colin Farrell? Like, did his part get cut or something? I'm like, uh-huh. dude, he was the Penguin. Goes, what? Goes, yeah, yeah, that was him. Yeah, that, uh, and that's why the Batman is nominated for best makeup. Makeup. Yeah, they did a fantastic job, and they start filming his Penguin series. I think next month. Do yeah. they? It's got a filming date, so I, I mean, it's a whole different show, which happening. I would love to do. But this current state of Warner Brothers in DC, uh, <coughs> I don't believe anything until it's uh, out in theaters anymore mm-hmm. with them. But yeah, uh, it's on pretty shaky ground. Uh, so we'll move on. Trap. What's our next category? Uh, best actress. Oh, okay. I have a different list. Oh, I'm on, I'm on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. My bad. So you want to do that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. One. Okay. Best actor in a supporting role, and that goes to Brennan Gleeson. From the Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway, Judd Hirsch from the Fablemans, Barry Keoghan from Banshees of Inisherin, and Ki Hai Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So, and just like Brendan Fraser, another like pulling himself up out of obscurity, Ki Hai Kwan, who we all know and love as Short Round and Data from mm-hmm. you know from the eighties. He was such a huge part of our childhoods. Here he comes with this incredible, like, dramatic slash showing off his kung fu chops slash comedic. Uh, like, it, he's so great in everything, everywhere, all at once. And I, I think he's probably the shoe in to win. Yeah, I was saying, th- this is not a contest. This is a battle for second place because it's <laughs> it absolutely is. going to. Is it K or Key? I, I, I always thought it was Key. Like okay. Key high quality. We're going Key. It, yeah. we're, it's going to be Key. Uh, it's going to be short round. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a, he he has swept up everything. And let me just say, uh, him at the Golden Globes. Like I was talking, I was texting with you when we were watching Golden Globes. Uh, the opening of this year's Golden Globes was weird. Uh, it, it kind of and it, it had to be because it was one of those let's address the gorilla in the room kind yeah, of opening monologues. Yeah. But it was not a fun like let's have a good night. It was just like, hey, let's address the 800-pound racist gorilla in the room, and then let's give some awards out. So after that opening, I was kind of like, this yeah, is going to be... off to an awkward start. But he was the first award of the night, and let me tell you, like, 30 seconds into his speech, when he was talking about, like, I thought I was done, and that was my career, and it's mm-hmm. over, and then this quirky little movie came along, and these two ad- weird writers thought of me and gave me a role in their movie, even though I hadn't done anything in God knows how long, and, like... I got to have a second chance again. Like his whole speech, I was crying, dude. Like I just, I couldn't hold back the tears. It and was how just... he gave Steven Spielberg love, yes, for giving him his first job. Yeah, 
uh, it's just it's awesome. It I I love just like with Brendan Fraser. It's it, it's this feeling of like we missed you and we want to celebrate you. And I hope this is the beginning of like the whole second act of his career. Mm-hmm. I know we've joked half joked about like come on Disney Plus. Where's the short round series? Yeah, the Adventures of Short Round. I'm not kidding. Dude. Where's the short round series? Yeah, and and uh, he, you know he's already got his foot in the door with disney he's yeah in, he's in loki season, season two, two. yeah so he's in the mcu he's got you know connections there he's, he's got they've got his number they could they could make it happen yeah forget mutt andy already has a son his name is short round uh-huh. uh no but again i'm sure the other actors do a great job uh i don't think i've seen a single other performance on that list well you're about to I am about to see. Yeah, I I have a showtime for Fablemans tomorrow at the time of this recording. See, I haven't seen Causeway, but but I do like Brian Tyree Henry as an actor. Um, You know, Banshees of Inisherin, or you know, is represented twice here, which shows how great the supporting cast for that movie is. But if Kihai Kwan was not in the mix here, Mm -hmm. Judd Hirsch, hands down. Yeah, the man is in the Fablemans for I'd say about five minutes, and he. He makes a meal out of that five minutes, and okay. he, he makes he puts his footprint on that film, and then he gets out of there, and and it has repercussions throughout the whole film. Okay, and he is awesome. So it's like one of those tiny little like in and out roles, you know, like how like uh, he was there for an afternoon. Yeah, it, literally, he he stayed the night one night. Oh wow, at, at Steven Spielberg's house, <laughs> or the the kid who's right the stand-in for Spielberg. Um, just, you know, kind of like. Uh, you know, Beetlejuice and Hannibal Lecter, how they're they're on screen for so little, but they're they you know, steal the movie. Yeah, they they kind of loom okay. over the whole thing. So yeah, Judd Hirsch is the man, and I would give it to him. Yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to default there. to you because I haven't seen any of the other roles. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I I think definitely it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be key. Um, if it's not, I'll be shocked. Uh, and I also to back up one and say if 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 look if Colin Farrell doesn't win Best Actor. I'm done with the Academy Awards. That's all. I'm saying that now. I'm staking my claim. Um, Colin Farrell? Not Colin Farrell. Sorry. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> wow. I, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Colin Farrell doesn't beat that, that hack. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser. I'm joking. He's amazing. Um, so our next is actress in a leading role. We have Kate Blanchett uh, for Tar because contractually she has to be nominated for whatever she yeah, did. She just has real estate that <laughs> yes, she owns yeah. in the best actress category. She was in. She could be in a hot dog commercial and she'll get nominated. Yep. Uh, Anna Diarmas for Blonde, which I have not seen yet. Me um, Andrea, I'm going to mispronounce this. Risboro. Just Riseboro. There you go. Uh, in the movie Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and the one who's probably going to win, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. This one could split because okay. Kate Blanchett has got some momentum as well, and I'm super. Have you seen Tar? To, no, it, they, okay. they just put it on Peacock this weekend. Okay, I'll, I'll probably watch it in the coming Good days when I get back home. That is one of several movies on my list of I need to get that watched, yeah. uh, along with Blonde. That's on Blonde is on Netflix, isn't it? It is, and I hear that it's a real downer. Like the whole the whole movie is just about how exploited she was, mm-hmm. kind of like Elvis. Elvis okay. was focused on how how. The colonel exploited yeah, him, and yeah. like his his life wasn't his own. But this one is more of a sexual nature, you know, because these guys just were predators on yeah. this woman. And she, I don't know, I, I love Ana de Armas, and uh, I'll give that a shot. But I, I've heard that it's kind of a tough sit. Okay. Um, Good to know going in. And I, Andrea Riseborough, 
apparently there's some controversy about how she got nominated. Oh. The the board of the Academy Awards were going to like meet sometime soon to discuss. I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of hmm. it. I've, I've just seen little bits and pieces of it. Are you implying that the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences is political? No. Oh, never. what? No. There's, there's no... I mean, they people campaign <laughs> to get nominated. <laughs> Touche, sir. Yeah. But um, Michelle okay, Williams is fabulous in the Fablements. Um, it's a little scary at times, like some child endangerment stuff going on. And, okay. And if that really did happen to Steven Spielberg, then his his mom was kind of a nut job. But, One of those. How much is real and how much are we playing up for the uh -huh. movie? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. but yeah, she's she's wonderful in it. Um, she has a, you know, she she has a. She does a great job of like feeding Stevens love for film okay. and, and encouraging him in that and being such a pivotal uh, inspiration for him in doing what he does and kind of forming his art. And uh, Michelle Yeoh, which, who I think deserves to win, just, just like uh, Kihai Kwan, that, that movie is like, it's like a buffet for an actor. You, you get to do everything. You get there's comedy, romance, drama. So they play how suspense. many different versions of themselves? And I, I lost count. Oh yeah, yes. you, yeah. There's there's a ton of different versions, and you know they're going through. You know, it, you you can't really explain the plot of this movie to someone. You just have to say in a very very bad nutshell, it is an exploration of like multiverse theory mm -hmm. in a way that Marvel wishes it could do. Yeah, and it you know it, it's it's funny that two multiverse movies came out within a month of each other, and no no one's really talking about Doctor Strange. Yeah, because like Doctor Strange, and I feel like and this is kind of a side side tangent. Uh, and obviously, I haven't seen Ant Man and uh, Quantumania yet. That might correct the shit, but I feel like Marvel's version of the multiverse has basically devolved into what cameos can we get. And you write it off yeah. as it's the multiverse, whereas mm. everything everywhere all at once actually explores. The yeah, worlds. what a multiverse would look like. Yeah, like what what you in another world yeah. would look like. And this is going to sound weird, but in a way that I haven't seen a movie do since, and this is a bit of a deep cut, The One with Jet Li and Jason Statham, mm -hmm. um, where it also had the whole multiverse thing and, and, and did a better job. So yeah, uh, and again, that is a very, very, very nutshell of what that movie is. But mm -hmm. I like that comparison about how Marvel is kind of beholden to themselves of like oh we gotta cram this person in here so it's it's a, a, this problem that they've created for themselves and i'm hoping we'll with future movies <clears throat> they'll dig further into the, what the, the repercussions of the multiverse could be but to this point in time we, we you know, marvel's just using multiverse as we can throw in random actor as this character and write it off as a fun cameo because multiverse uh it, it's sort of like oh this magic technology vibranium it's like a catch-all explanation for how can you do that vibranium that's how unobtainium that's that's my favorite it's just <laughs> we had a joke about that we were talking on the show a while ago i feel like and this is again a side rant i feel like unobtainium was jim cameron's just like placeholder we'll, we'll get around to coming up with a better name later what we'll is we'll call it unobtainium for now just so we can finish the script and then they forgot to go back and change it and they were on that. set day one and he's like 
unobtained. No, we changed that to, oh shit, we didn't. We never yeah, came. He, he got too involved yep. with the, the technical aspects of everything. <laughs> he forgot to go and revise the script. So we forgot to come up with a new name. Okay, we're just rolling with unobtained. Yep. Just, just uh, Giovanni, say it with a straight face, man. Just uh, just sell it. We'll make the best of it. <laughs> Alright, so next will be Best Supporting Actress, which is Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Another double dip movie category. Mm-hmm. So if you if you haven't if you can't tell everything everywhere all at once it's hitting on all the right sp- spots. It's Every just... year, there's that one sort of, and I, I hate—I don't want to say indie, darling, because um, everything, everywhere, all at once is an indie movie, but it did definitely get some some press attention. But it's that one, like it's not a mainstream movie that the Academy just kind of falls in love with, and at the best of times, you end up with with this, everything, everywhere, which is a great movie that deserves the attention and the spotlight it's getting. And at worst, you end up with shit like Shakespeare in Love, which is like, did it really deserve Best Picture? <laughs> eh. But there's always that one movie that the, the Academy somehow just falls in love with and, and it gets everywhere. And But but I think this is one of uh, a few examples of, like, deservedly so. It, this movie deserves the, all the attention it's getting. It does. I agree. Um um, I would say Angela Bassett is your odds-on favorite. Yeah, she's been sweeping everything. She's also, the, this is the first uh, Academy Award nomination for an MCU role, mm-hmm. yep. which is big for Marvel. Yeah, they've got um, plenty of, you know, best visual techno- effects. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they sweep up the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. But as Although far as lately, acting, visual effects, they're not shooting well, very well. They're know. going quantity, or yeah, quantity, not quality right now. Yeah, which I'm hoping the next couple of years kind of, Writes that ship, and I think a lot of that was fallout from the pandemic. Maybe quality was kind of slipping through the cracks. People Everyone's working work, from home. Work from home, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just too much green screen. But that's 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 another podcast. Another rant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Angela Bassett's the odds on yeah, Angela Bassett. Yeah, she and she really carries that movie. I mean, that's oh, she's, that's, she's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. What's the um, uh, anti vaxxer girl? What's her name? Play Sherry. Oh, uh, 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 Letitia. Letitia Wright. Yeah, yeah. Um, she does a fine job. She's basically the lead. And I, I don't um, envy her because she was cast as like the quirky little sister tech person, and yeah, then it's like, hey, so you're carrying so, the whole franchise yeah, you need now. To step it up. Sorry, you know. So something. And, and I feel like wisely so they kind of Angela Bassett in her character and and Letitia Wright's they they kind of put some of that load onto. Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah. that scene where she walks into the the UN and gives her big speech, like you can definitely tell that was supposed to be a T'Challa speech, oh, yeah. and they gave it to her. And like you said, just, she made a meal out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she's got some of the best uh, performances in this movie. Um, just, just, and the whole movie is steeped in in grief and how we all deal with it in our own ways and whatnot. Um, but she, she's, she's everything she's given to do, she's phenomenal with. And and. I agree. It, it's a it's rare to see a, a Marvel film let an actor just have time to play that out, um, and that's one thing I will say I, I enjoy about giving Black uh, Wakanda Forever an, an almost three hour runtime is they let actors just be in the moment and play out the scene. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference maker is Ryan Coogler. Yes, there, there's a reason Ryan Coogler, you know, his movies kind of packed a little more punch than some of the other MCU directors just because you know he you know he knows how to do drama 
They also tend to pack a longer running time, too. That's true. Um, You know, I kind of hope Ryan Coogler lands, like, in one of the Avengers movies or something. I wouldn't wouldn't mind that one bit. Uh, I'll only say this about the Avengers movies. I think the the best thing Marvel did with Avengers is to give it to the Russo brothers. Not just because they're fantastic, but because there's two of them. Because I can't imagine one director trying to wrangle Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like that's just an an insane amount of actors and story threads and and, and stuff to handle. That's that's way too much to put on one person's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think you should try to find one person. But I'm not in charge of Marvel, so we'll see. Good point. Point well taken. But we digress. Yeah. So other than Angela Bassett, uh, yeah. There's a I think a special sh- shout out. Jamie Lee Curtis deserves. Some, you would not see any complaints here if she walked up to get that award. Yeah. Oh no, no. Stopped off promoting the film, and then you know she had a little speed, speed bump with Halloween Ends. Yeah. Which, which, you know she she, promoted. she had to go plug her other film. Yeah. Yeah. She, she had a great 2022. What, what, yeah. Whatever you feel about Halloween Ends and how they finished the trilogy, you know she got that was quite the year for her. And yeah. Good for her. She got to close the loop on on her character in Halloween. Um, yeah, I love that. There's, there's that meme making the rounds of, of it's Michelle Yeoh, right when her name gets called at the Golden Globes, and then right behind her, oh yeah, she's, she's like fists in the, in the air, air. just yeah. like yeah, the, the total like you said, yeah, the, the total mom in the stands cheerleader. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, she's definitely got a lot a lot more eyes to that movie than originally would have been. So I think having her in the cast was a really smart move. And it's her first nomination too, isn't it? I believe. so. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And her parents were nominated for stuff. I know. Yeah. I know Tony Curtis was. Maybe Janet Lee wasn't. I don't know. That's I don't know enough to argue with you. So. Hong, now, Hong <laughs> Chow. Yes. In the whale, she, yes. she does a fantastic yes, job she does. in the whale, especially that moment where she has that come to Jesus meeting with that kid who's trying to make Brendan Fraser the, the Mormon guy. Come to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but honestly, she made more of a impact for me personally in the menu. Yes. She plays like the sous chef to Ray Fine's like head chef in, in the awesome menu, which I don't think got any nominations for anything. I'm not surprised. It's a genre flick. Yeah. You know. But yeah, if if you have the time, check out the menu. She's awesome in that and she's also really good in the whale. Um She is not she's got uh, Brendan Fraser is the star of the whale if it has a star, but she she is all she is almost the heart of the movie. She, she is someone who her character within that story is basically she's helping his character because there's love and there's a connection there. And it's one of those, like the snake getting its own tail. I love this person and I want to help this person. Yet I keep feeding this person's addiction because I, 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 she just can't help herself. Like she, she literally like brings him food and like, you can't walk. I'll get you a wheelchair. Like she, she, she knows mm-hmm. she's slowly helping kill this person, but it's what they wanted. Yeah. She's enabling. Him yeah. Totally. Uh, and yeah, that's a great, great relationship between those two to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen Banshee's of Anna Sheridan, so I can't talk about that. Uh, she's great. In it. She, okay. she plays Colin Farrell's, sister who he lives with and she she's kind of like the emotional core especially for his character and she moves away which kind of leaves him literally on an island because they live <laughs> okay. on an island okay on an island in ireland it, it's in the early 1900s uh but yeah her impact is definitely felt in the movie 
such a crazy movie. I love it so much. And then Stephanie Hsieh, I'm not sure. I don't know enough to correct you. So but yeah, she she plays the daughter to um, Kihai Kwan. Oh, okay, she, that's uh, who that is. Okay, okay. Yeah, she uh, she's really good. She kind of becomes the the villain of the movie in a strange way, and she does a great job. And she, and man, her her costume changes in that film are outrageous. Like they they really go all above and beyond with that. Jamie Lee Curtis in that fat suit. Oh, and then the hot dog fingers. <laughs> oh God, which, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All do the such memes, fun stuff in that movie. Uh, so now for something completely different, uh, we <clears> jump <throat> to animated feature film, where the nominees this year are. Uh, sorry, they had these: Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, uh, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Um, this is I a haven't category. seen most of those. I have seen one. Okay. Um, yeah, I I keep wanting to see Turning Red, but that's one that we want to do with Ellie for like movie night. Okay. Um, so, so and we have a pretty long queue for for to, to show Ellie. Sea Beast, I've heard good things. Puss in Boots, I've had I've heard fantastic things. Marcel with the shell the shoes and yeah whatever. that one mm-hmm. it it looks odd a little quirky it looks um, like a quirky independent kind of thing which yeah it's it's one of those it's not gonna it's not gonna you know you reach a broad audience but boy Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio it's on my top 10 list of last year listen anything that has Guillermo del Toro's name attached to it mm-hmm. I am there for oh he's, um, he's incredible if you listen to our previous show where we talked about upcoming movies for 2023 the only reason I'm excited for Haunted Mansion is del Toro's a producer on it mm-hmm. uh, so yeah um, I don't know enough about the other movies to care about them but del Toro made one so he's got my vote yeah uh, last year was a good year for stop motion animation um Henry Selick, you know, of Coraline mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, he got to make his one movie of the decade because <laughs> it takes him forever. <laughs> that long to do it all by hand, yeah. Um, yeah, and that was called um, uh, Wendell and Wild. And I feel like no one saw it, no one talks about it. I didn't know about it until like a week ago. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's been on Netflix since like October, and it is exquisite. Like, it, in my opinion, any stop-motion movie... That, that exists is a miracle. Yeah. Like the fact that those movies are, the people actually allow filmmakers to make them and they take the time and effort to put the, put them out there. You know, some are better than others, but it's just mind blowing. The, the artistry that put the, I spent into it. a weekend in college making a 30 second stop motion short and I wanted to pull my hair out and oh, throw yeah, it out sure the window. So I can only imagine the painstaking length to make and because there's there's so and he still does so much of it but in an age where you could very easily just scan all your models into a computer and animate them via the computer mm-hmm. he still does it by hand yeah and and that that love and care it comes off on the screen and the same thing with pinocchio uh it's it's incredible and it's it's a different type of pinocchio than that we've seen before it, it kind of focuses more on geppetto Okay. And more on the father-son aspect and what he's pulling from it. Um, it's it's so good. And w- I was telling you earlier how how 
Pinocchio was one of the best movies of 2022. And <laughs> also, also Pinocchio was one of the, the worst. worst movies of 2022 because Robert Zemeckis, God bless him, I don't know what he's done in his late, the later half of his career to deserve the schlock that, he, that he's putting out, but he he put out this god awful live action Pinocchio remake on and it went straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, most of the Disney live action remakes of cartoons are shit. Yeah, most of them, especially lately, like it, I think it started off with some momentum. I think, like, I I think Jungle Book is still the gold Jungle standard. Jungle Book was yeah. good. Cinderella, uh, Rachel and that I was love okay. Cinderella. But yeah, and now they're just like, oh, cut and paste. Let's make it exactly the same as the cartoon. You know, we got Little Mermaid. Scott out. Cox is convinced it's just to uh, to reinforce their uh, copyright. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah it just just kind of a sly version of doing that. Yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. Do not watch the Pinocchio on Disney Plus. Do watch the Pinocchio on Netflix because it is wonderful. Anything with Guillermo del Toro's name, go watch it. Oh yeah. Uh, we now come to a very fun category because we're film nerds. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce this one? Which one is it? We are on cinematography. Wait, let me find it. <laughs> Since I'm on a different thing than you. Best cinematography. All Quiet on the Western Front. James Friend. Bardo. False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Darius Conji. Elvis. Mandy Walker. Empire of Light, The Legend, Roger Deakins, and Tar, Florian Hoffmeister. So I have seen one, two, I've seen two of these. I've, I've seen Elvis and All Quiet on the Western Front. Same here. Oh, you saw All Quiet? Yeah, okay. it's on Netflix. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. just watched it two days ago, and I really liked it, but I feel like we're not far removed enough from 1917, and it hit a lot of the same beats as that movie. It's it, fair. Felt way too similar to yeah. that. It was still a really good movie in its own right, but um, you know, sometimes the horrors of war type movies they they, they kind of get a little samey. I need also to exhausting. <laughs> I need to rewatch it because I was distracted while I was watching it the first time. But my biggest complaint with uh, Western Front nothing to do with the cinematography. The film looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, and granted, I haven't read the book since like high school. But I remember the book having a lot more stuff at the beginning before they go off to war of like who these characters are and their friendships and like their naivete of wanting to get sent off to war contrasted with when they actually get to the war, what it's like. And I feel like this, the movie, and again, I need to rewatch it. The movie, they, they're in school, but they're only in school for like five minutes and then we jump right to the war. Oh, they, yeah, they hit the fast forward button. They're, Through all that stuff. Yeah, and the whole like, all right, let's get them and go. Come on, guys. And the enthusiasm, that's gone within 10 minutes. When, that, when those first, you know, yeah. when the first shots get fired and the first grenades go off and they're covered in dust and see dead people, all that is over. I feel like we needed more time <clears throat> pre the war starting to balance that out. Yeah, um, yeah. But I uh, know, um, but back to cinematography. Yes, sorry, Elvis. Uh, and again, the the movie looks great. It it it, it has more of a I don't know how, more of a style to it. All Quiet on the Western Front again looks very good. Mm -hmm. But they were going for I feel a more realistic look to everything. Um, it's it's got that uh, sort of desaturated feel to it. But 
I think you said Elvis is just like watching a three hour music video. Like it, it, it the yeah. pace is crazy. And I feel like every third scene, we have like a completely different color palette and like every decade changes up the, and, and part of that is, you know, costuming and wardrobe and stuff like that. But like it, it's, it's all over the map as far as, uh, uh, the visual style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, no empire of light. I have not seen, Nope, uh, but, but it's Roger Deakins. Whenever so Roger Deakins is behind the camera, he'll probably win. Yeah, you're getting some good stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't have, I haven't heard of front runner for this, um, but you know, Godspeed to all of them. I feel like cinematography never has a front runner, but it always should. Okay. I think that I think that boils down to people not knowing what a cinematographer is. Yeah, it's and how the, much of an impact more, they have on a movie. It's an underseen yeah. category. It's, it's one of the categories that they cut, right? Yeah. Which, thankfully, they're not doing that nonsense this year. <sighs> yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, we are at Costume Design, where we have uh, Mary Zoffers for Babylon, uh, Ruth Carter for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Catherine Martin for Elvis, Shirley Curata for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Jenny Beaven for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Mm. Which is a delight to say, but I haven't mm. seen it. No, I'm glad Babylon got a little attention because it's it's a gorgeous movie. I think it could have got be- best cinematography. I, I am know. shocked Babylon d- did not. I know it didn't hit with the public very well, and I know the critics were a little standoffish with it. But I am shocked it did not get more attention from the Academy because I felt like it was a movie made for the Academy. Oh yeah, whenever Hollywood loves to. Uh, masturbate to itself <laughs> basically that's why la la land well, and i'm wondering if maybe that's why because babylon yes it's a movie about making movies but it's it's also a movie about hollywood at a time when it was at its like most debaucherous and the movie does not try to paint that into a positive light like the oh, no, mo- it's, it's a warts and all an mostly the warts yeah. yeah and i feel like maybe that hurt it a bit of like mm-hmm. we're not just shoving a sun sun shoving sunshine up hollywood's butt the entire movie yeah um things are coming out of butts but that's a whole different no. topic <laughs> um but yeah no it looks great and in the costumes uh, i always get a little wishy-washy when you nominate a period piece for costuming design mm-hmm. because and this is me this is my own prejudice my own bias but it, to me it feels like okay how much design did we do versus how much did we just look at okay what did people wear at this time and yes, I like I understand there there's design elements to it and finding material, and I understand a lot of work goes into that. But I always have a little tinge when like a period piece wins because I'm like, did you really design anything, or did you, did you just find old photos and just like, hey, make that? Mm-hmm. Versus somewhere where like, and this is where I, I tend to lean more into stuff like Black Panther, where it's like, okay, we literally made up an entire culture and had to outfit. This entire culture. Right, we we right. made up not just Wakanda and then had to outfit Wakanda, which, yes, has influences from, from different uh, historical periods and, and actual tribes and stuff. But then we had all the Mesoamerican stuff with Atlantis, well, not Atlantis, with, uh, what do they call it? Tolkien? Yeah, yeah. Tol- yeah. The, they're underwater. They're not Atlantis City. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, yes, there's historical basis for that, but it's also, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. So that stuff I always, for me, will always get bumped up a little higher because it's like, there was, we had to make up an entire culture and outfit then from scrap versus we're matching a period and maybe putting a little modern style to it. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a, yeah. That's why 
that's why Ruth Carter won for Black Panther, and I think that's why she's going to win for Wakanda Forever. Because she did just as great a job. Telecon. Telecon, yeah. Yeah. Did Again, we, we venture even further into Wakanda, mm-hmm. and it's, it's history, and, and even more of the nature of Wakanda, and at the same time, we get... Uh, through the little literal eyes of Shuri, an entire look at this underwater culture and how it's uh, maybe it started as the, the Mesoamerican we're familiar with, and then kind of evolved on its own from there. But yeah, she, she did it again. She 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 knocked it out of the park. I agree. Yeah, she. I think she's going to win. You know, Elvis. You know, just look at Elvis. His costumes speak for themselves. Yeah. And he, we get to see all those on display. Yeah. Again, we're we're recreating looks that somebody else created. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I would Ruth Carter. I, I think has has that. The only thing I might push over everything everywhere all at once, just because of the sheer number of alternate versions we see, uh-huh. and that's a, okay. So this is you know it's Travis, but it's Travis from this universe, and and what's his backstory, and why is he dressed like this, and that's you know. That's a lot of work to go into it too, and yeah, I can, I can, I can. Sheer volume, yes, yes, yes. Is, it's it's pretty daunting. Um, I would give a toss up between those two. Yeah, I would too. I I have absolutely no input on Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Did, I, I can't did, even. Does anybody? Yeah, I, I cannot say a single word about that movie. Good, bad, indifferent. I've got nothing. It sure is fun to say. I'll give it that. <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, directing. Why go ahead and take that one? Sure do. Go find it up here. Best director, the Daniels, which is what what they're usually known by. This Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Forgive me if I miss said that. Yeah, the double D's. Yeah, the guys mm-hmm. who did everything, everywhere, all at once. Todd Field for Tar. Martin McDonough, the Banshees of Inisherin. Ruben Ostland, Triangle of Sadness. And Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans. Now, I really think it's nice that we gave a young, up-and-coming, unknown talent like this, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> a, a now That was really nice of them to recognize nice. the, the achievements of, a, of an unknown director. <laughs> Look, hey, uh, it's Spielberg. I love Spielberg. And this is his first nomination since... Was it Private Ryan? No, he's bound to have been nominated for, since... Like Munich or something. Oh shit! Yeah, Munich. Okay. Uh, maybe the post. Hold on, hold on. For the post. Uh, this is welcome back to your favorite segment, which is we do research for the show on the show. Steven Spielberg. Oscar. No, not movies, nominations. Helps if I spell the word right. No, I know he got nominated for. Oh my god. The artist listing <laughs> Fablemans. <laughs> oh, did he get nominated for West Side Story? Yes, yeah, so that was just last year. Yep, okay. Take that back then. Never mind. My bad. He's the first director to be nominated in six decades. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Pretty incredible. Um, so I, I have not seen Triangle. Yes, he was nominated for Munich. 
And letters from Iwo Jima? No, that's Clint Eastwood. Was he a producer on that? He must have been. That, that's yeah, got to be a director yeah. Iwo Jima. Yeah, I think this list is including his producer oh, okay. credits. But yeah, the only one here that I haven't seen is Triangle of Sadness, but that's going to be remedied soon, considering that also got a Best Picture nomination. And uh, I, yeah, honestly, I would go with my own personal bias. I would give Martin McDonough the the win for the Banshees of Inisherin. Um. Because I just love that movie so much. But... I haven't seen enough of these movies to really weigh in, mm-hmm. honestly. Fablemans, I'm going to tomorrow. Banshees of Inisherin, and I haven't seen yet. The only one I've seen is is Everything Everywhere All at Once, and that yeah. was a while ago. Um, but <coughs> yeah, I'm three out of five on this. Yeah, um, Triangle of Sadness and Tar, never seen. So I I don't know. Um, I'll be surprised if it doesn't go to the Daniels, just because Banshees of Inisherin is enough of a Everyone in the right circle seems to really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I could see that slipping in there. And, of course, never count out Spielberg. Um, yeah, Spielberg, I, I feel like there's a heavy chance for him. I know. The the, the, the film was almost rendered to obscurity because it came out and did not hit very big with audiences. And I think mostly because people weren't aware that it was even out. But as soon as award season hits, it's all over the map. And it's yeah. suddenly like our, our theater here, the Cinemark that I go to, until... This past week, when the nominations came out, it only had one show a day. Noon, twelve twenty, was the only show time any day that Fablemans was playing, and it's now doubled that. It's two, I think, even three show times for Saturday now. So, which happens every time there's an Oscar bump. But yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping it gets the the attention it deserves. Yeah, I think people are just now aware of it. I think that I'm sure there were a lot of people that had no idea what this movie was or that it existed until mm-hmm. it gets nominated. Like, oh, what Spielberg did a movie this year? So. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, three-way toss-up, for me anyway. Um, takes us to documentary feature film, which I don't think we'll have much to say about, because I haven't seen any of these. I think I started watching Navalny uh, on HBO one night, and uh, I think I fell asleep before it was over. Which is not to say it's a boring movie, because I usually start stuff pretty late at night, so. Yeah, I and I hear that. Fire of Love is on Disney Plus and it's supposed to be pretty good. I saw the trailer for Fire of yeah. Love. It looked interesting. Um, Ellie loved it because there was a lot of lava in it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Our pick goes to Fire of Love because lava because is cool. Lava. And Ellie said so. Uh-huh. Uh, brings us to documentary short film, which I think we'll have even less to say about. Um, yeah, no one can see short films until they're nominated. So. Well, and that's that's what we were talking about earlier. Is like, so okay, so thing. how does the academy see these? Is it just from from um, film festivals, film festivals, and screeners? If if you're part of the academy, they just send you these movies. But to be nominated for an academy award, it has to be theatrically released for at least was it one week in X number of theaters or something? I guess so. Yeah. I, so I, I guess where the, are these movies coming out? I guess the film festivals are, are how they qualify. Okay. But yeah, I, I know nothing of these. Something worth looking into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, editing. Why don't you take that one? Uh, let me find it. I think we may have something to say about that one. Oh, can we back up for two seconds? Because I forgot about this. Um, and I actually need to pull up IMDb for this. So, cinematography. There's a movie that got snubbed. And I want to rant about it for a second. But I want to make sure I credit the right person. 
Uh, Top Gun Maverick did not get nominated for cinematography. And that boggles my mind. Yeah, I'd like to know the reason there because, I mean, they did stuff that we've never seen on film before. Like, they... Uh, maybe they think it's too gimmicky. Claudio Miranda is the director of photography for this movie. Now it got now this is somebody pointed this out. I forget who it was. Uh, we haven't got to it yet, but but Top Gun Maverick did get nominated for best visual effects. Mm-hmm. The irony, to me and other people, it's not lost on people. The best visual effect in Maverick is the cinematography yeah, is the real life they hooked the up camera. cameras onto jets yeah. and 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 the actors who were in the cockpit had to do their own re- we literally had to reinvent how we film a movie mm-hmm. for this movie and not only did it work it looks gorgeous throughout the movie it didn't even get nominated i i, I don't I, where's the, the disconnect yeah that's that's a strange omission, omission right there um I disagree with the Academy on that one. I mean, I'm not saying it, it, it sh- should you know be a shoe-in winner, but like it should have at least gotten a nomination. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and, and that's that. That goes. I don't understand why the Academy st- has to stick to the except for Best Picture. Everything's only five nominees per category. I'm like, why don't you throw that out the window and just nominate whoever you feel deserves a nomination? Right, right. All right. So film Sorry. editing. Yes, editing. Rant yeah. over. Sorry. We've got Mikael Nielsen for Banshees of Inisherin, uh, Matt Villa and Jonathan Redmond for Elvis, Paul Rogers for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Monica Willey for Tar, and Eddie Hamilton for Top Gun Maverick. Um, that's hard. Film editing's hard because the best film editing is the kind that you don't notice. Yes. And I, yeah. I. I I would say I notice the editing in Elvis because it's so. Oh God! Frenetic. There's a reason there's two editors on that movie. Yeah. Uh, they had it took two people to keep up with with Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, well, one, one of the guys is actually the the cocaine dealer. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was just sitting there at the editing bay, you know, just available. Yes. Um, that was Boz couldn't afford to pay him one day. He's like, "Hey, I'll put you in IMDb. I'll I'll, I'll pitch you in there as an as the editor." Uh, That's so, good. I don't know. I, it's hard to hard to tell, and I haven't seen Tar yet. Look, just just leaning to from again what I've seen. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I know, had a mountain of footage to go through to get what we got, um, and I imagine so did everything everywhere all at once. Again, with the sheer amount of different versions of characters we we cut to and things like that, the different universes we visit. The, the, there is a such thing as overshooting a movie, and it's the editor's job to take those hours upon hours upon hours of footage and trim it down to a roughly two-hour movie that has a linear, well, not linear, but a, a progressive story that you can follow along with. So for all these people, that's not an easy job to do. I think some of these people maybe had a harder job to start with just based on the sheer amount of stuff you had to cut with. Um, I would, again, personal. I would lean to one of those two. Mm-hmm. Um but the rest I haven't seen. So, mm-hmm. and again, Elvis is a lot of stuff to keep up with, and, and I feel like that was more a job of. I, I would not be at all surprised to learn that like the initial cut of that movie was like five hours long. Apparently, Baz Luhrmann has said that there's like a four-hour cut. Jesus. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see it. Yeah, I don't know if I could handle that without being on some kind of illicit substance. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts on editing? 
Um, if you had to give it to somebody, I'd say either Banshees or Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything Everywhere All at Once has has to juggle so many things. That's a great word for it. Yeah. Like it's a complicated movie. It's big. There's so many things going on. While Banshees is the other side of the coin. It's this quiet, contemplative, dark comedy. You know, not a whole lot of stuff going on, but you know, it does make some big moves here and there. Um, so I, you know, it just depends on what your flavor is. Right. But I think one of those two could could win. Okay. Uh, category I, again, I don't think we'll have a whole lot to say about international featured film, uh, formerly foreign feature film. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany, Argentina, nineteen eighty five from. Argentina, you guessed it. <laughs> Close from Belgium, EO from Poland, which is not the story of not Captain, Captain EO, uh, much to my disappointment. And the Quiet Girl from Ireland, um, I saw one of those. Same here. I'll, I feel like <laughs> I feel like All Quiet's going to win just because it's one of those. It's nominated as Best Picture, but if we give it international feature film, it's then like the we can we can just pull it out of that category. Yeah, it's it's out out of the running. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, what's next? Makeup and hairstyling. That's what I've got. Okay. Let me find it. Makeup and hairstyling. All quiet on the Western Front. The Batman. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Elvis. And The Whale. So those are all really good contenders. <clears throat> All Quiet on the Western Front, I feel like makeup and hairstyling was just like, put more mud on his face. <laughs> all, right, all right, make sure you can't tell it's a human because he's so dirty and, fit, and just covered in blood and muck. You're not wrong. <laughs> the Batman has an amazing achievement. It, it's one of those where we were talking about earlier, your friend is like, what, who was Colin Farrell in that movie? Because they, they made him completely unrecognizable yeah. as Colin Farrell. As the penguin, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that was a fantastic makeup job. Uh, Black Panther, I guess, hairstyling is the biggest thing for Black Panther because they do some really cool things with the you know, just the Wakandan culture and how they incorporate that into the fashion and the hairstyles. And there's some makeup in there. Um, a, a lot of the the cult the, the culture of the what is it Tulukan Tul. Telukan. Telukan. The not Atlanteans. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that that moment where he's taking Shuri down deeper yeah. and he's just like showing this world and, and like the music with that is, I thought all of that was just really engrossing. Um, and then there's Elvis, which a whole lot of makeup and a whole lot of hairspray going into that. <laughs> and the whale, um, they do a, a remarkable job with just turning Brendan Fraser into a fat guy. <laughs> Well, and it's, I'm giving it to the whale, and just because, like, the only person I would put as a really a contender would be maybe the Batman, just because, again, the the makeup on Colin Farrell is so great, people still don't know it's Colin Farrell, and that is that that is the best compliment you can give, is we completely physically transform that person. Mm-hmm. The only reason I edge the whale out over that is because, yes, it's two great actors basically being put in fat makeup. The difference being... Number one, the amount of fat makeup. And number two, the penguin is, like, sprinkling throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Brendan Fraser carries the entire movie. Yeah, and not once pretty much every scene. did I look at him and go, oh, I can tell that's fat makeup. Mm-hmm. And I know they used a combination of real practical makeup and some CGI blending and stuff like that. But not once did I look at them that and feel aware of the makeup. Yeah, yeah. You just, you okay, that's him. And he, he delivers some of the best performances or the best performance I've seen from him that I've ever seen from him with all that stuff. And again, not to, to take anything away from Colin Farrell's performance, but Colin Farrell's performance is much more in, in, inherently because of the nature of the films we're talking. We're talking a comic book villain and uh, an obese man about to die. Mm-hmm. We're asking two different things of two different actors. Yeah. Uh, and, but Colin Farrell's performance is much more over-the-top comic book villainy, as it should be. Um, but I, I think... For me, anyway, Brendan Fraser tips that out because he had more makeup to deal with and delivered a stellar performance. Yeah, what he had to convey from behind that makeup was a lot more to, you know, to ask yeah. of an actor. Um, so, yeah, and I, I agree that the makeup is fine on, on, on both movies, but I think the whale edges it out, just you know, what, what it achieves. And again, if you swap those two actors in those two roles, you might come up with something. You know, but but they're asked to, to asked to do two different performances. They both do fantastic jobs with those performances, but I think more was asked of Fraser with the whale, yeah. uh, and he delivered on it. Um, which brings us to I am at original score, and I forget whose turn it is to introduce it. Okay, so we have uh, all quiet on the Western Front, Volker. Volker Bertelman. Bertelman? Yeah. Uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, Babylon, Justin Hurwitz. Banshees of Inishirin, Carter Burrell. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Son Lux. And John Williams for the Fablemans. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, good to, it's good to nominate someone. <laughs> uh, no, John Williams, it, the fucking living legend, and I believe is now has set the record for the oldest nominated oldest and also the most nominated person of all time i think this is his 53rd deservedly so yeah it's insane uh the man's list of scores is just it 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 sums up my childhood yeah it's like how did one person make all this it's it's just it's daunting just to think about it yeah um i didn't like the score for all quiet on the western front um i don't remember it it, it it had weird like like burr, like like moments where it would just like like burr, burr, and like out of and it would be out of nowhere okay. if it felt out of place. Okay. Um, Babylon. Babylon has one really great theme song that we just keep playing over and over yeah, and, and over and, 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 and over. And you and can over. tell that it's from the same person who did the La La Land because it has theme. almost the same cadence as Sadiest. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, there's there's you, those fingerprints from La La Land are on that, and not really to to a detriment, but you can just tell that's the same style, you know, coming from. The yeah, because John Williams has never remotely repeated <laughs> anything that sounds similar in any of his movies ever. No, that's... Um, even though I love Banshees of Inisherin, I, I can't remember much about the score. I feel ashamed to say that, but um, I don't know. I, I think John Williams could possibly win it here you'll find out tomorrow when you see the fablemans yeah um i 
don't really have a dog in the fight. Uh, no. It would be awesome to see John Williams win because and this is going to sound horrible, but how much time we have left with John Williams, I don't know. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's this, or we better give him a lifetime achievement like next year. Um, but yeah, I, again, no real dog in the fight here. Mm-hmm. All right, so best original song? Yes, sir. Okay, there's applause from Tell It Like a Woman. Hold My Hand from Top Gun, which is a Lady Gaga song. Lift Me Up from Black Panther. That is a Rihanna song. Her first original song in six years. Really? I did not know that wow. she'd been missing for that long. Okay. It's, that's odd. Natu Natu from RRR, which is one of those movies I have not seen yet. Same. I feel like I need to because yeah, it's apparently I missed buzz. out. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never really had my finger on the pulse of Bollywood. Yeah, no, same here. <laughs> but I might have to change it with this I'll one. go one step further and say I've never, the Bollywood I have seen, I, I, it's not for me. Yeah, they're all, they're all three I, It's very different, yep. They have like these extended dance scenes. They try to cram every genre into one right, movie. Right. And like, I'm not knocking it, but it's, just, it's not for me. But mm. apparently, RRR, I need to go make an exception for. And the last one is, this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, I'm I've I can't remember this song, but uh, I, I'm a huge Talking Heads fan, and David Byrne wrote it, so I'm going with that. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's gonna be not to not to, really, just because of the again the momentum that that has, and um, not to be controversial, but the Academy does love to give awards to um, underrepresented groups, mm-hmm. and I believe this is. Uh, the first song from uh, whatever country Nacho Nacho is from. Is it India? Yeah, I believe it's the first one to get nominated for a four best original song. I think. I could be wrong on that. That'd be cool. um, but because that just gives you headlines of, hey, first uh, uh, Indian song to win best original song. Yeah, uh-huh. they, they, they love that kind of stuff. That And, and, and again, uh, it, it won Golden Globe for best original song. Um, and I think it picked up something else recently. Uh, but it's kind of it's it's on a roll, uh, like the the snowballs coming downhill. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it should. I'm just saying I will not be surprised if it does. Uh, and I think that brings us to oh no, we've got God. This is a weird list. We'll we'll do best picture last. We're gonna skip past that because okay. that's what we do. Production design. Uh, All quiet on the Western Front. Avatar: The Way of Water. Babylon. Elvis and the Fableman. This one, I am going to have to go with Avatar The Way of Water simply because production design is... It's one of those like kind of catch-all terms. Mm-hmm. But basically everything you see in the background of a movie is production design. So like Elvis. Uh, Elvis is in a green room backstage. Everything in that green room, that's production design. Um, and, and Avatar Way of Water created an entire world from scratch. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing with all the visual stuff. Avatar needs to clean clean all that. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Because um, say what you will about the narrative, the story, the screenplay, Avatar is just a monumental achievement in technical yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. Just, I mean, James Cameron just makes stuff up. It, it, like, if it's not available, he creates it. We can't do that? It's Why not? Okay. Give me 10 years and $50 million, <coughs> and we'll go build it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, Avatar deserves to clean up in, in all those categories. 
I'm at short film animated. Short film. Which I don't think we'll have much to say about. Uh, yeah, there's the boy, the mouse, sorry, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, the flying sailor, ice merchants, my year of dicks, an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. I am voting for either my year of dicks or the ostrich one, yeah. just to hear someone have to read that out at the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. The, I, and, and the I winner is my year of dicks, yes, like, yes. I, I want to see, like... I want Dame Judy Dench. Yes. <laughs> or. <laughs> like Ian, Ian, um, Ian McKellen. Oh my God, yes. My you of dicks. Instant meme. Uh, short film live action. Short film. An Irish goodbye. Evalu. Les Poupieres. Sure. Gosh. Feel bad mispronouncing these. The Red Suitcase and Night Ride. Er. <laughs> oh, okay. They're bringing back the Hoss. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I got I, I, nothing. I, I can't. Nothing. Yeah, I can't speak to any of these. I'm it's gonna pick bad. the. I think the Irish goodbye is a cocktail. So I'm gonna pick that one. All right, perfect. I'm with you. Sound. Best sound. We have perfect. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. And I am gonna go full toss up between Avatar and Top Gun. Dude, seeing Top Gun. On a premium screen, whatever whatever theater chain yep. you go to, it's sometimes it's XD, sometimes it's IMAX. Who knows? But holy crap! Yeah, dude, it yeah. rattles your brains. Like, you feel the need. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, and even on my my uh, my setup at home, it like I, I couldn't watch it when Ellie was home because because her <laughs> Ellie's bed is right above. Where I, where I watch TV and the, the speakers are in the ceiling. Oh, so I always have to keep shake it, the walls. Yeah, I have to keep it pretty quiet, especially with action movies when she's asleep, and and that's usually the only time I get to watch a movie unless I'm watching a movie with her. Right, and she's not going to want to want to watch Top Gun Maverick for quite for a too while. long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the, the sound design on that was mind blowing. I'm I'm going to go with Top Gun. <sighs> Top Gun was fantastic. And again, the, the only reason I say toss up is again, Avatar way of water was another film where <sighs> I'm sorry. It not only delivered on, I think a lot of the same beats Top Gun did of, of putting you right there in the action. But again, they invented an entire world. So every creature we had to design, what does that thing sound like when we're flying ships we had to go design what that sounded like there's there's and again not to say that we didn't do some of that to a degree with top gun um because top gun was more of not just recreating reality but recreating reality reality and then kind of punching it up um and and honestly a toss-up between Mm -hmm. the two to me i think i think if either one of those wins i would not have a problem with it yeah Um, both both deserve it yeah i would not be upset um the next one is not going to take us long to debate best visual effects all Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun. So, Avatar. Avatar. Hands down. They're like, you're fooling yourself if, yeah. if you vote for anyone else. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so plenty of these movies, you know, Black Panther and, and, and Top Gun Maverick had very great visual effects. But again, the best visual effect in Top Gun Maverick 
was the cinematography. Mm -hmm. That was the whole thing. Is these were real jets, real speed, real G's. We captured the reality of being a fighter pilot. And yes, there's some CGI in there. And to their credit, I can't tell where the reality ends and the CGI starts. Good for them. But also, Avatar did the same thing. And the only reason I can tell where it starts and stops on that is because we haven't discovered a planet with nine-foot-tall blue cat people. So I have a good feeling yes. that was a visual effect. You're right. You know, Maybe Cameron discovered something, and that's why it's taken so long and so much money, is he's just going to this planet to film these movies. That, that's going to be the big reveal in Avatar 6. It's yeah. like, hey, guys, you, you thought these were CG, huh? Well, let me introduce you to some people. <laughs> yes, and uh, Navi is going to walk out on stage. Yeah, in a tuxedo. Uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, that brings us to writing adapted screenplay. Okay, getting into the meat things. I know that you had some questions yeah, so about this. Yeah, so why is Glass Onion adapted screenplay? It is because there is a character who has been repre represented in another movie presence so is that why top gun's also on there is yeah. adapted screenplay okay uh -huh. yeah because because maverick and benoit blanc have both appeared in movies okay. before so that i guess that's how they qualify for adapted it's strange that is weird because those are original screenplays okay but we've got yeah. all quiet on the western front edward sir edward Berger, leslie patterson and ian stokel um glass onion ryan johnson nope it's good you were blinded by your last Jedi hate. Yeah, yeah, I am. He makes good movies. Living, Kazuo Ishiguro, based on the original motion picture screenplay, Ikiru by Akira Kurosawa. Oh, interesting. Uh, Top Gun Maverick by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren, wait, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie, and Women Talking. By Sarah Polly, based on a novel by Miriam Toes. To Toes? See, mine doesn't tell me what it's based on. So, oh, really? Yeah. It just tells me who's nominated for it. Hmm. It's interesting. So, I'm going to say Glass Onion takes this. I have not seen women talking. I want to, especially cause, considering it's well, the best picture. Look, <coughs> take Top Gun Maverick out of the running, because yes... The character existed, but they still wrote the story for the. It wasn't like there was a Top Gun sequel novel and we adapted that. So I understand, I guess, the reasoning behind it, but I feel like just take that out of contention. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the same with Glass Lane, just because, yeah, the character existed previously, but they still wrote the screenplay from scratch. That's true. Um, yeah. So I, I'm still confused as to why they're on there. Um, the rest are adapted from other movies or from novels. Mm -hmm. I think that's what. Um, all Quiet on the Western Front, uh, again, I, I feel like they took out too much of the beginning of the movie. Um, and the other two I haven't seen, so... Which, which ones? Have you haven't seen? Um, living or Women Talking. Okay, so you I did get seen. around to seeing Glass Onion? Uh, no, and I never will. No. Give nope. him a chance. No, nope. no. Nope. He had his chance. I love Brick. It's okay. the one nice thing I'll say about Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Brick sure is a good movie by Ryan Johnson. I can't wait to see what his second film is. And so is Looper, and Last Jedi, and Glass Onion, and Knives Out. Come at me. Those are all terrible movies. Alright. Take away his card, he's done. Writing original screenplay. Oh, The Banshees of Inishirin from Martin McDonough. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once by The Daniels. The Fablemans from Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. <laughs> 
Keep going. Keep going. I have a rant coming up. Tar, Todd Field, and Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ostland. Why isn't Fableman's an adapted screenplay? Adapted from the life of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I, I guess. I get it. I get it. That, that's a good argument, but I, I guess the technical, like. No, no, no. Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg existed before this movie, and we. Nah, nah, but he hasn't I'm, been a character in a whatever. I'm before. splitting hairs. Sure, he was. He was in uh, Austin Powers 3. Yeah, he was directing the Austin <laughs> Powers movie starring Tom Cruise yes. and. Was it Gwyneth Paltrow? I think so. Yeah, oh, that scene is so brilliant. That's the, that's the best part about part three. It sure is. Um, I think it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. I, I agree. They're, they're taking big swings this year, and I think you know the movie with the biggest swing is everything, everywhere. And it deserves it. It does. My personal pick is, of course, Banshees. Mm-hmm. But that's my own bias. Okay, does that bring us to the best? Picture? I believe that brings us to the conclusion, yes. Right. The big one, the head honcho, the big cheese. I'll give you the, the honor. There's a lot of them. Okay, so the nominees for best picture. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar the Way of Water, Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I'll give it to him. There's something for everybody in there. That's, uh, this is this is a prime example of expand more than just five nominees per category because yeah, this covers the full gamut of like cinematic experiences. Right. Yeah. You've got Avatar and Top Gun on one end of the spectrum, and you've got stuff like uh, Women Talking on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh-huh. uh, and then everything kind of falls in the middle somewhere. And I love that. I honestly, I do. Yeah, and I think this is the first time since they expanded it that it's actually ten movies. I think the first year it expanded to ten, they had ten, didn't they? I, I always thought it, it reaches like eight or nine, but they never fully I know, ten. I think the first year it was a full ten, but after that it hasn't been. Because I, rem- I remember previous years thinking, you can do ten, why don't we stop at eight? Like, mm-hmm. you've got ten, just yeah. give one the nomination. Uh, but we can thank the Dark Knight for that. Yeah, <laughs> yes we can. It's It's failure was our game yeah well it, look if 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 uh the last good christopher nolan movie gave us that then i know i'm poking at travis now with my comments <laughs> uh so yeah this is the, again i think all quite on the western front i'm taking out because i'm pretty sure that's a shoe-in for best international film yeah and triangle of sadness and women talking they're not they're if not they <laughs> if, if they do it would be like the upset of all upsets yeah. uh and, and it would be that again I, I would give it to um, or I would, I would equate it to, um, and I go back to this all the time, but the year that like Shakespeare and love beat saving private Ryan, it's just like Still enough, enough people nonsense. got swept up by this cute little movie. And, and I wonder how many people like, Oh, well, private Ryan's gonna win. I'll give this one a vote just to, just to, you know, just to give a little bump. And then everybody did that and it ended up not winning. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I love avatar. Nothing would make me happier than to see it win Best Picture and see James Cameron get back up on that stage, but it's not going to. This is this is a crowd pleaser movie. This is not an awards movie. Well, I'm gonna say something people might not not like. Hold on, I'm I'm getting ready to punch Travis. Avatar and Top Gun are only in there because they want people to watch the Oscars. You're not wrong. <laughs> and 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 look, I'll say this. Uh, yeah, they're not going to win. Um, but the simple fact that the Academy has taken the stick out of its ass and at least recognizes that, like, 
if you don't give any attention to the films that mass audiences have gone to see, you are making yourself irrelevant as an institution. Yeah, I, I agree. And they're, they're, they're starting to find a balance, you know, because they're not stiff arming all blockbusters. Yeah. They're, they're finally acknowledging, hey, the populist stuff is good too. You know, it can be good. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, and they're always doing these kind of like desperate maneuvers to try to gain an audience. And then every year it's like, oh, Oscar viewership down 20% from last year. They just need to cater to the people that watch the Oscars because that number is not going to change drastically. Well, put a pin in that because I would love to come back to that. How, right. how can we fix the Oscars? Um, so let's get best picture taken out of the way. Um, so Avatar, again, I love it. It's, it's not going to win. Banshee's even a Sheeran. I give it a 30% chance. Yeah. It's gotten enough goodwill from previous award shows and, and, and the critics and stuff. Excuse me. Uh, I keep inhaling burps. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying it would never win, uh, but it's definitely, I don't think it's 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 not the, the heavy. Um, Elvis, I put in the same camp. Um, I'd say Elvis has a lesser chance. Yeah. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, again, is kind of the darling. Um, I would give that maybe 40% chance. Um, I, I think it's down to the Fablemans or everything, everywhere. I think you're right. I, I think, think you're those right. those two have the, the strongest chance. I think, yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen Fablemans yet, but I would be. And again, I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once, is it's got that momentum. Uh-huh. It's again, it's that boulder coming down the hill. It, it's it's to stop its momentum at this point is going to be a lot. Uh, and you know they've lately they've had odd movies win Best Picture. Like I remember when Shape of Water won. Well, and that's I, I feel shocked. like everything everywhere all at once ticks all the boxes of it was a big enough mainstream success. Even though yes, it was an indie movie, it had a limited release, but through sheer word of mouth, its limited release kept expanding and expanding and expanding. It had eventually a wide release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it fits that, okay, it's a crowd pleaser movie. Lots of people saw this movie and enjoyed it, but it's also an independently produced from a lot of unknown uh, or some, from widely unknown behind-the-screen talent and the on-screen talent. While some of them are better known, it's also like this is a first nomination for a lot of them. So it hits both ends of the spectrum of it's a crowd-pleasing big-release movie, but also it's kind of an indie darling. I feel like because of all that, it it, it, it's, it's, it hits all the boxes they like to give to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big thing in its favor. Um, Fableman's... Again, I'll, I'll know more tomorrow. Um, but I feel like that's more of a... It's a movie about the love of making movies. I don't know that much about it. Um, and it's Spielberg. So yeah, never yeah. count it out. Yeah, Hollywood loves eating up the love of themselves. Um, but yeah, I think Everything Everywhere All I Want is probably your odds-on favorite. And I give Avatar a negative 1%. But God, if it won for pretty... some fluke, I would just love to cram that down people's throats. Yeah, that would be pretty wild. All the all the Cameron hate. <clears throat> the, well, the first year, the the first Avatar was nominated for two thousand nine. That was the first year that they expanded, right? Because yeah, because two thousand eight was dark. Because District Nine was in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, there's our picks for nominees. Uh, we're gonna wax philosophic for a minute and talk about what you were just on a minute ago. Mm-hmm. The the 
how to fix the Oscars. Because, yes, every year they talk about less and less and less viewership and, and how do we get... And, and someone asked James Cameron about that. Um, they were talking about Titanic. And he was like, look, Titanic is one of those rare films where it was both hugely successful financially and with movie-going audiences and also the powers that be deemed it uh, enough of an artistic achievement that it got all kinds of great crit- you know, reviews from critics and nominations. And a movie like that is rare, but it's until you get more films like that and you can't just make those, it, it's one of those things where it's, just, it's lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. That's what brings people to the, the awards is they have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Um, expanding it was a good idea of giving more people a dog in the fight. But like we just talked about, I love Maverick, but does it have a dog in the fight? Like, does it have a snowball's chance in hell of winning yeah. Best Picture? Really, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll get some eyes on the product. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know because every year they do it differently. You know, like they're one year they're they refuse to play people off with the music, and then one year they're doing it too much. And I just feel like there's just like overcorrection after overcorrection. Um, and then, you know, one year they don't have a host. That was awkward. And see, no, <laughs> I'm fine with not having a host. Uh, and, and it, so every year, and this drives me fucking nuts. Every year we get people played off, and we try to hurry the show along. And we always make jokes about we're over time, and it's like, how many years has the Academy Awards gone over its time? Just book four hours. Mm-hmm. Just book a four hour time slot. Call it a day. Yeah. Quit rushing people through. Cut out all the uh, uh, video packages and stuff like that. We don't care. We want to see the people who won talk about their movie and give a speech that's of all the stuff we saw in the golden globes the thing i took away and is seared in my memory is ki hu kwan's acceptance speech uh-huh. and just how heartfelt and genuine it was and, and and again i had a dog in the fight i love that actor i love to see him doing well those are the moments those are the things we watch the academy awards for and the things we take the things we talk about the next day other than actors getting smacked on stage but that's a whole different topic uh, the acceptance speeches and oh did you see the moment when so and so you know uh, um, Holly Berry's acceptance speech where she was so moved she could barely even speak yeah. the uh, you like me you really like me like you know it's become like a trope um, those are the things when we Roberto love Roberto Benini climbed over yes the, the, yes the, the, two, for the first two rows just to get just up to the stage give people time yeah. let them talk cut out all the package shit and, and all we need is a narrator we cut to commercial, we come back from commercial, and the narrator says, now I'm presenting, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. And they come out, and they present the award, and they get off, and then the narrator tells us who's coming now. I don't need a host. You can book someone to do a cool opening number uh, to kick things off and get things moving, whether it's like a big musical opening number like we had with uh, Hugh Jackman in 2008 or whatever, or something akin to that. Uh, you could... Because we, we also know best original songs are going to be played throughout the night. I'm fine with the live performances. Those are cool. It makes it unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just book four hours and let people talk. I agree. Um, I'm more pro-host than you are. Mainly because I grew up in the era where you're getting Billy Crystal, who's knocking yeah. it out of the park every yeah. time. Steve Martin, Chris But Rock when's the last time we had someone who was that great? Well, what, what they need to do, bring Steve Martin back. I mean, he's done it twice already. The the second time was was co-host with um, Alec Baldwin. He ain't coming back anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, bring Steve Martin and Martin Short. 
Like, they are, like, the ultimate dynamic duo, duo lately. And, you know, with their yeah. momentum from only murder. The entire main cast of that got Golden Glove nominations. Yeah, that was yeah. Awesome. Like, I think they could, they could kill it. Um, Look, call me crazy. If, you ha- if you're going to insist on doing a host, <clears throat> we have to have a host. What's Billy Crystal up to? Well, last time he hosted, he did Blackface. So okay. I, I think people are How long like, ago was that? It's been like 20 years. Okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, people aren't forgiving and remember everything. So we're retroactively canceling him from something from 20 years ago? I'm not. Okay. But I think other people are, which which is crazy. Because we learn from the past. We don't dwell on it, and we just give people chances. Whatever. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I would love to see Billy Crystal host again. I don't know how old he is now. I would love to see What's, Jack Nicholson uh, back in the front row. Oh, God. I mean, that's, yeah. Again, things we watch the Oscars for. Movie stars. Yeah. Celebrities. I, that was, growing up watching them as a kid, that's the thing I, I used to love to, is inevitably somebody would mention Jack, and we'd cut to Jack in the front row with those sunglasses, sunglasses, and that yeah. dumb, drunk smile on his face. And, like, we got some of that with uh, Golden Globes this year when, I guess, Brad Pitt was right near stage because two or three presenters called out Brad Pitt's right there uh-huh, yeah. and had little bits with Brad Pitt. That was, But, again, that's the stuff we love is, is seeing Just the celebrities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, from what I've read, Jack Nicholson's not doing so great and he's like uh-huh. a hermit and he like won't leave his house. That sucks. He's in his 80s. So. All right, Brad Pitt, the job is open. <laughs> uh, we need you to start showing up in the front row. Yeah, and he'd, he'd and, be a good fit. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Know, America's dad. Fuck, have Tom Hanks host. That'd be beautiful. Everyone loves Tom Hanks. Exactly, yeah. He's got comic chops. But again, if you if you insist, I, I don't I, I don't think we need a host. I think cutting the host out helps us shave time off if you insist on keeping within a time frame. Because all we need, I mean, all the hosts, once they give their opening monologue, and all they really do is... Here's who's on stage now. Mm. Here's who's on stage. And occasionally they get a little comedic bit. But when those fall flat, it's like, okay, well, that wasted five minutes. What they need is Kevin Fe- Kevin Feige to host, promising <laughs> a big scoop at the end of the show. Like, I'm going to announce phase five at the end of the show. <clears throat> can we can we get Kevin from She-Hulk, the giant uh, supercomputer oh, yes. robot? Can Kevin host? Hat. Yes. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, right. I think that that fills our time slot. So, the, but what, what were we? Two hours? No, nah, about an hour. Hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. So, there's our thoughts on this year's upcoming Academy Awards and how we would go about fixing them. Um, what do you guys think? Who were your picks? Uh, are there any big snubs? Uh, I mean, I brought up Top Gun not being nominated for cinematography, but any movies that got nothing you feel should? The Woman King. Okay. That movie was wonderful and should have at least had like a the best best actress for uh, Viola D- Davis, maybe best director for Gina Prince Blythewood. Okay. Like it 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 was a solid movie, but I know that's another it, it, there's there's no females uh, at all directed for director, for, for director which right, I know yeah. was was causes of controversy. Yeah. I feel like that's every year though. Every year someone gets <coughs> left out of a nomination and it becomes a thing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know what you would with any snubs we missed, and uh, we'll talk about this. We uh, this is going to be the first in at least a two parter, uh, because we will be back here uh, at least post Academy Awards to discuss it. Um, and I won't say more on air because I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But uh, until then, 
Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Travis, for joining me and helping class up this joint a little bit. Thanks for having me. Always happy. And I would to. encourage people go see these movies in the theater. Support theaters. Us, you know, you and I are cut from the same cloth. The past few years, it was rough on us. The the thing we loved the most was threatened with, you know, extinction almost because of COVID and everything. It was not a fun time, but it we're now at a point where things are kind of getting back to normal. The theater industry's looking better. Still doesn't look great, but yeah, don't sit on your butt at home. Go have a communal experience. The movie theater still matters. It's still great. It's the way movies are meant to be watched. I agree. Not on your couch with your dog and your phone and your spouse and the, the, and all these distractions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just watched Megan a few weeks ago, and there was a lot of people in the theater, and there were. You know, teenagers laughing at it. You know, that's one of those movies where I don't mind if people might yeah, be talking. There's a communal experience yeah. in, in, in everyone experiencing the story once. Uh, to, again, a random tangent, but uh, I was talking to someone at work about uh, the Paranormal Activity movies. And I'm like, look, oh, I love those movies, but I will say this. I miss those. I saw the first three, four, the first four opening night in the theater with a packed house. Yeah. And that is a completely different experience than watching it at home on my couch. Yeah, it, uh, makes, it makes a world of difference. Uh, so please, support your theater. Support your local theaters. Uh, get out and see those independent movies. Don't just make the trip to go see the latest Avatar. I mean, do, 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 do that. But don't just do that. Yes, go see the Fablemans. Go, yes. go see the movies that should have made more money but don't because the, the industry has now trained people to think, oh, it's in the theater? Well, it'll be streaming in four weeks. I'll just wait. Yeah, don't be that Which, guy. Yeah, they need to do away with that model. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Topic for a different show, and I mean that because I want to rant about that. Sure. But anyway, let me end the show for real this time. Thank you for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the nominations, and we will see you At shortly the after the Oscars. <laughs> uh, this has been your not weekly because it's a random edition nerd alert.